All right, uh, time for movies with uh, Philip Malloy. I presume we have some new ones, have we? We've 11 new ones. Well, you're not going to do 11. As I keep telling you, uh, as, as I keep telling you, there's, you know, there's an absolute stack of new movies every week. No, I mean, I, 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 I'm going to give a line or two on, you know, a few of them there. Right. So um, do you want to start with the, with the new ones then? Well, some of the new ones, yeah. Okay. Well, the, the first one is, um, is a film called Gunman, and it stars Sean Penn, and it's about this uh, former assassin uh, who moves from London to Barcelona to Gibraltar to the Belgian Congo. Um, and he's, he's basically, he, he, he was an assassin, and eight years later he returns to the Congo basically to find an old girlfriend and to find out who, who had betrayed him. So it's basically that story. It's directed by Pierre Morel, and he's the guy who directed Taken, and it has very kind of strong hints of Taken uh, to it. It's quite sort of polished, but there's no great depth in it or anything like that. And Sean Penn, as I say, is in it. Idris Elba, uh, Javier Bardem, uh, Mark Rylance, who I really have to say, I've, I've become a big fan of his since Wolf Hall, um, and Ray Winston. So that's a fairly kind of heavyweight cast. Now, uh, after that, then, there's one um, called Insurgent. And uh, Insurgent is, it's, um, well, it, okay, there's a, a new, you know, this kind of, these, these young adult books, George. Young okay, adult. Young adult books. Okay, there's a whole rake of them, yeah, stuff like Twilight and that. They, they, okay. would, all, they would all be considered to be um, young adult books. And um, so in this case, it's uh, it's insurgent and it's set. It's for, by the way, it's the second uh, movie in a sequence of four. It's set in this kind of dystopian Chicago in the near future. And um, uh, each of five groups of people are sort of measured, they're categorized according to their own personalities. And the heroine in, in it, um, she has a, um, she's divergent. In other words, she's not stuck to any one personality. So what is happening, what is ha- basically is happening is that uh, there, there's this council, this kind of dictatorial council that uh, rules this community. And it, we're basically working up, there's two more uh, films to go. We're basically working up to a situation where there will be a revolt, where there will be a... But if these are books for young adults, presumably only young adults are going to go and see them, is it? Well, okay, the last one uh, took $288 million at the box office. A lot of young adults. Yeah, yeah. someone other than young adults is going to see them. Um, We have, by the way, Veronica Roth is is one of the... um, is one of the... is the uh, the writer of the book, and we have her on the picture show with... um, Several other important guests this weekend. Russell Crowe is our main, well, he's one of the guests. All right, okay. Yeah, so. so, and then there's a bundle of other movies. And then, then there's a bundle. I'll just give you the bundle really yeah. quickly. Okay, uh, The Voices is, you love this. It's it's a U.S.-German horror comedy in which Ryan Reynolds stars as a schizophrenic toilet factory worker taking rival instructions from an evil talking cat and a benign dog. okay. I, I get it. Jack. Put that up your jumper. Uh, Wildcard then is a surprisingly sort of commonplace and, and predictable thriller, and I say surprising because it's written by um, William Goldman. William Goldman, the director of Butch, <laughs> or the writer of Butch Cassidy and uh, All the President's Men, and quite a few more. And it's about a Las Vegas bodyguard who's marked for vengeance by a mob boss when he takes on a sadistic son. Again, that sounds very reminiscent of Run All Night, which is the Liam Neeson movie that we talked about um, uh, last week. Uh, then uh, Jason Statham stars with Stanley Tukey, uh, um, 
Jason Alexander and Sofia Vergara in that movie. And there's a most weeks now we get a new, we get at least one new animation feature. And the one this week is called Home. And uh, it's, it's, it's about this lovable alien who finds himself on the run from his own people with a resourceful girl. And through a series of kind of comic adventures, they come to understand the point and value of being human. So that's what, what it's about. And then um, that, that's made by um, a company called uh, DreamWorks Animation. And DreamWorks Animation is in serious trouble at the moment. So they're only issuing one movie this year and it's home. And uh, the, by the way, the, the voices in home are by Steve Martin, Rihanna, Jennifer Lopez and Jim Parsons. And uh, then there's one uh, about a Danish cop attempting to justify stealing a junkie couple's neglected baby and adopting it uh, as his own. It's in it's directed by this one called Susan Beer. And it's I have to say it's a fairly preposterous thriller. It's called uh, A Second Chance. Others then that are out are which two others I haven't seen. Uh, the Tale of Princess Kaguya, which is Japanese and um, one called Mommy by a Canadian director that an awful lot of people are hailing as one for the, as a comer, a guy for the future. His name is Xavier Dolan. Uh, he's he's only 25 years of age. He's made uh, five movies so far and he won the Jury Award at uh, last year's Cannes Film Festival. So that's some of the stuff that's coming. That's yeah, but there's all these movies and then I have Brian and Cork telling me he's trying to see Still Alice and he can't find the cinema that's showing us. Where is he? It's in Cork. Is, is still sh- Alice around? You know, absolutely. Sure, he opened a couple of weeks ago. Well, I'm telling you, he says yeah. I have yeah, yet but, but, to but, find but, a but, cinema okay. that's showing all, still all, Alice all right, in car. All, all right, but this that's is a, a fairly simple th- statement. This is a point, uh, and there's no need to be sarcastic. This is a point that I made to you a few weeks ago, because there's so many new movies coming out um, every week. No movie seems to be getting, except the very big one, seems to be getting any sort of reasonable length but of time. But still, Alice, still, Alice won an Oscar for best yeah, but female. It, it didn't. Um, Did it? Best actress. Best, best actress. actress. Yeah. And and up against Julianne Moore. Up against it is some movie written by a child, uh, a book written by a child, or uh, some, uh, uh, you know. Uh, what are you on about? Animation movie or something. And here is a major movie with that has the Oscar for Best Actress in it, and you can't see it. Cool. In I wonder would he come on again and tell us where he's tried? Our Omniplex not showing it. I'd be absolutely amazed after a couple of weeks if this has gone from Omniplex. All right. Okay. Yeah. Now, how do you make a series, a TV series, about a movie like uh, Three Days of the Congress? Well, one of the first things you do is you read the piece of paper that I put in front of you, okay? No, I don't read the paper. You tell me. Okay, it's uh, okay. It's an old Robert Redford movie called uh, Three Days of the Condor, based on a book um, that was called, um, written by a guy called James Grady. That was called Six Days of the Condor, and I gather uh, the film version was very, very different from the book. And it's about. It's directed by Sidney Lumet or Sidney Pollock, who made a series of movies with Robert Redford. Dates from 1975, and it's about this CIA analyst trying to stay alive after. Gets caught in a conspiracy in which all his colleagues are murdered. I don't know if you remember it or not, but at the beginning, it's his day to go out for the sandwiches. So he goes out. Redford's character goes out for the sandwiches, and while he's there, this house that they're based in in New York is um, is, is raided, and a collection of people are shot. 
so that's it. And um, as I say, the book was called Six Days of the Condor, which in itself suggests that there was more in it. And then there was a second book called Shadow of the Condor. So I think that if you're any half-decent sort of writer for TV at all, George, you probably would be able to make maybe six episodes out of it. And have they got a, this so uh, what they, what, signed up? So what they have is MGM and Paramount TV, two giants um, in, in, well, in cinema and television. The two of them are linking up to produce the series. So, The one I'm really interested in, uh, and uh, I'm not sure how you make a feature film of it, The Life of Jesse Owens, only because uh, surely it's quite difficult to make a, a movie about a guy I would, I would, in 1936. I would absolutely 500% disagree with you because it's it's an inspirational story. It's a great story about a guy uh, going against the times uh, in all kinds of way, ways. And uh, and that's what it's about. So I think it's an ideal story. It's the kind of story that the Americans uh, get behind all the time. And that's what's happened here. He ran in the 1936 Olympics. He won four gold medals. And that was the Hitler Olympics, wasn't it? Yeah, Berlin. Okay, okay. so um, that's that. And what we're talking about, and this this is a kind of a testament to what I'm actually saying. There are three um, uh, Jesse Owens movies in train at the moment. There's one that will be out um, uh, next month. Then there's one. Um, Disney have bought the um, the rights to a movie called or to a book called Triumph. And uh, the, the the writer of the King's Speech is actually adapting that for the cinema. Um, and then there's a third one that was announced on Monday morning. Uh, so there's three. And now, you know, George, that the, when when two or three movies about the same subject are announced, at least one tends to fall by the wayside. So that's that's probably likely to happen. All right. But now we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the one next month. Still, Alice has not been shown in Cork says Anne in Cork, so they all can't be wrong. Mary thinks in Coolock thinks it's ridiculous. Still, Alice never came to the Odeon in Coolock. It seems as if, and we'll get more texts, I'm sure, to 53106, it would appear that a major movie of uh, 2015 is not been shown now no, in any major way. Been, of course it's been shown in mean, Ireland. Would you, would you stop with those kind of sweeping statements? It's not in a in a flea pit but I, w- I would take from that that it's not showing on enough screens around the country it's certainly showing with a big poster in Cineworld up at the top of O'Connell Street which I was I was there this morning looking at it yeah but the world doesn't begin and end in Dublin Cork is the second city just, in the country I, again you're not listening uh, I've just said to you I've just said to you that I, I can't understand why it hasn't hit some of the other bigger cities as well yeah Okay, the Omniplex, the Gate, the Real and Melancholic, and Middleton, but still no Alice. Brian and Cork is back again. So there you are. That's a reasonable effort by somebody but to so, see a major so, movie of 2015. So, uh, we, we, what's the name, Brian? Yeah. Brian, we'll take it up. Um, I'll. Um I'll mention it again. I'll certainly um, go searching for find out why it isn't playing in Cork. It's in Limerick and Waterford, but not in Cork, says Mike. So there you are. There's, there's plenty of information coming in there, there about still Alice. Hmm. And uh, that, oh, here's one. You can get it. It was 
or is showing in the Triscoll Arts Centre in Cork, says Brian. Now, Triscoll so Arts Centre, while the Triscoll Arts Centre at hold would hardly be big no, enough to hold a committee you, you, meeting of your local rugby club. You'll see what they've done. They've actually given it an art house release in Cork. That seems to be, um, if the, it's only shown at the Triscoll. I think it deserves more than that. It deserves to be shown at one of the big uh, omniplexes. Well, can you name uh, in uh, any movie that had the best Oscar for actor or actress that didn't get a reasonable no, no, release? No, but I, I, I did look up about two weeks ago. Uh, there's a, a, um, a website called Box Office Mojo, and it actually gives you an idea of how movies are doing from week to week. And I looked at that. And it, it, it was been treated as a kind of small scale movie, despite the fact that she, it was on 13 million. Okay. 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 Well, that's because, according to Seamus, Cork is absolutely right. Of course, Cork is always right. It's a boring movie. So it was right. It made you um, Grand Marshal. Is it boring? Uh, made you it's Grand a boring Marshal. movie. It's not a boring movie. It's an well, absolutely. Well, don't be given out to it's, me. It's, it's Seamus abso- says it's, it's a boring no, movie. No, it's not. It's, it's actually built around this central performance by Julianne Moore um, uh, as a woman who has Alzheimer's. And it's a, a rabid, a particularly rabid form of Alzheimer's. So what is happening is that, you know, her her um, her personality has actually been robbed from her, been taken away from her, and it's how she deals with that. Very, very strong uh, movie, a, a, a great performance, and she deserves it. Or her Oscar. husband leaves her, or something, or he goes no, to a different no, university, or no, something. No, or her, her husband. Um, he, she, what, what she wants is for her husband, who's a surgeon, and um, she wants him to. Um, Care for her. Uh, no, she wants him to get, to give up work for about a year, and All the right. two of them go off together. And he doesn't want to do that. All right. No. Okay. All right. Interesting. Um, product placement's been around forever. I always mm. remember my favourite product placement well. was Sidney James. Apparently, he used to get paid under the counter, and then when they'd be making a carry on, he'd suddenly put a bottle of whiskey or whatever it was in the cupboard, and he'd open the cupboard, and there it would be. But I always remember there was Jack Lemon and I think Anne Bancroft. They 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 were in a, an apartment in Fifth Avenue or somewhere, and they were robbed. And Jack Lemon says, and they stole my Shivas Regal. So I wonder how much it's they called, got. The movie you're talking about uh, is called The Out of Towners. Okay. No. No. Jack, it's Jack Lemon and Anne Bancroft, and it's called the, the something of Fifth Avenue. Oh, no, 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 no. It's called The Last of the Red Hot Lovers. Is that what you're talking no, about? No, try again. But anyway, it's Shivas Regal is the product placement. But the world record for product placements is now about to be broken. Well, the world, it, it's, it's unusual um, um, in that, first of all, it's a sort of product placement deal that's been done by the bond producers with um, a whole country. Um, and the whole country is Mexico and uh, uh, the bond people are getting $20 million in uh, incentives and this, these are the conditions. Um, under the deal, the villain cannot be Mexican, okay? Um, an, an international am- ambassador rather than a Mexican mayor is to be the target of an assassination. Um, a local actress has been cast as one of the bond films. That's happened. And Mexico City is to be shown as a modern uh, metropolis. Now, um, the, the Bond films are famous for product placement, right, ranging from the cars right across to vodka and watches and all kinds of other stuff. Um, 
But I, I, I've never heard of anything like this um, basically happen. This is uh, Bond 24. It's due out in October, November. Um, one of the interesting things that came out of the, remember the Sony hacking controversy recently? Well, one of the things that came out was that the Bond movie, as, as it was, uh, Spectre it's called, by the way, was running at, the budget was running at 300 million. So they were desperate to find ways of knocking it down. And obviously they're doing it through... Uh, product placement. I just put a couple of other examples of product placement uh, there. There's a film called The Island, which is directed by Michael Bay, and uh, they've they have Puma, Xbox, um, MSN, Nokia, and Calvin Klein all kind of prominently figure in that. Then there's Back to the Future, which has uh, Pepsi and uh, Nike. Then there's FedEx in Castaway. You remember the the Tom Hanks film. Um, then there's the famous uh, Ford Mustang in Bullet. Then there's that's Pizza Hut, uh, Reebok, and uh, Doritos in Wayne's World. And then what they call the Citizen Kane um, of product placement, which is Reese's Pieces. Um, there's there's a scene or a, a sequence um, in E.T. Um, where uh, these little sort of sweets are used to um, to lure um, E.T. out into the open. And uh, it, um, uh, my, um, Steven Spielberg apparently wanted, uh, uh, who was it, Mars. Yeah, he wanted Mars to let them use um, uh, M&M's. And Mars were against it, so he went to Hershey for Reese's Pieces, and the whole idea was a huge success. Um, I think two weeks after uh, the movie appeared, uh, Reese's, um, the, the um, uh, Hershey's pro- profits were up by something like sixty-five percent. So it had a huge effect um, in that okay. case. Okay, you have a query from a listener about Peter Sellers. Uh, yeah, just, what happened? Yeah, by the way, just before you go on, um, you mentioned the Prisoner of Second Avenue. There was a time in cinema when every um, every play that was written by Neil Simon was actually turned into a movie right across the board from The Odd Couple to stuff like The Prisoners of Second Avenue. Um, and basically, that's what um, happened there. That was OK. We have a, uh, a query from Jason Roach, and he says his father told him that Peter Sellers died on the uh, set of Billy Wilder's Kiss Me Stupid. I think it was 1964 was uh, when he made Kiss Me Stupid. And he wants to know if this is true. Well, first of all, it, it wasn't on the set, Jason. He was actually in bed with his then wife, his second wife, Britt Eklund, and he suffered a near fatal, fatal heart attack after taking amyl nitrates. Now, I don't know if you know much about amyl nitrates, but I've, somebody suggested to me um, that they're an early form of Viagra. Yeah, but they came in a little uh, sort of glass kind of a globule and you kind of cracked them and sniffed them and they were supposed to give you a a kind of a a sexual high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. he he was obviously using it for that purpose. Uh, His heart um, actually stopped um, and uh, he was revived. And then uh, Wilder. Uh, said later that he regretted not holding out for Sellers. He didn't. What well, he didn't hold out for him. What he did was he had him replaced by an actor called whom you know called Ray Walston, and Ray Walston had been one of the supporting cast in Billy Wilder's The Apartment. So he used him, and you may, you know the story um, about two songwriters. One played by Walston and the other played by this big sort of gormless actor called Cliff Osmond, um, and uh, Dino. Uh, played by Dean Martin, playing himself essentially. He's on his way back from Las Vegas to California um, and they encourage him to stay over uh, with them for a few days. And one of the things they use um, is this kind of floozy-ish um, woman uh, played by uh, Kim Novak. 
And uh, so um, that's basically it. Until and was Walston not very... I thought Walston was very good in that movie. He was okay. Um, I don't, but I that was originally supposed to be Peter Sellers. Yes, it was originally it? supposed to be Peter Sellers. Uh, right. Sellers at that time, and he recovered uh, fully. He uh, he made four... Uh, he issued or released four movies in 1964, and he continued on making movies up to 1980. Um, and uh, so he's very sort of busy, uh, all the Pink Panther stuff and everything, that all came after this. So uh, he was working, I think, with Billy Wilder. And, you know, what you would have had there is two, I suppose, comic geniuses, Sellers um, and Wilder, working together for the first time. So basically they didn't do anything that ended up on the cinema screen. They, they never made a movie that ended up on the cinema screen. But knowing that movie as you do, mm. uh, I thought Kim Novak was fabulous. Oh, in yeah. it. Um, yeah. uh, T. Martin was quite good. The Gormless fella, yeah, I don't mm. know whether he was Gormless in any other movies or not. I'm no, not he was sure always he, Gormless. Yeah, yeah, he was always Gormless. He was, um, he, he, was, he was outsized. He was very big and he had this open sort of boyish face. And he know. had written a song which they wanted yeah. Dino to sing. That's wasn't right, that that's it? right. Yeah, yeah um, I thought Ray Walsh was actually very good in that. I mm. hadn't realised the whole Peter Sellers story yeah. as the background. Yeah. Um, well, Jason Roach obviously hadn't either. So um, he, your father is not exactly on the, on the button, Jason. But that's right. the background to it anyway. Well, he could have died, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the the John Steinbeck movie mm. there hasn't been a John Steinbeck book no, made into a movie since Black and White. Yeah, I mean that's really interesting. I think um, until now, um, John Steinbeck in the forties and fifties was quite popular. Um, he's probably the, the the two most famous versions of his books would be John Ford's The Grapes of Wrath with Henry Fonda and all those people, and uh, then East of Eden. Uh, East of Eden was the first of the three major movies that were associated, as we know, with James. Dean um, those three movies basically came out after he died um, and uh, uh, so you had Grapes of Wrath and East of Eden East of Eden was mid 50s then there was a, a, a film version of uh, of Mice and Men with Burgess Meredith and Lon Chaney Jr. do you remember that? No I certainly don't yeah um, uh, but the thing about Steinbeck you certainly is don't, huh? he, I certainly don't remember it mm. I, in fact, I'm certain I didn't see it. Yeah, okay. Uh, the, 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 and I certainly didn't read the book. So, like, there'd be all those kind of reasons why I wouldn't have watched it. Well, um, that would that that was okay. It was. Whereas a, I read was, the other it, books. It was a film. It was a film. In fact, it was two films. There was one at the end of the silent period as well. Um, it was a a, a stage production. It was on Broadway last year. Um, with uh, Chris O'Dowd and James Franco in the two par- two main uh, parts, and uh, and obviously it was a book. So, but making a film about uh, of a John Steinbeck movie, John Steinbeck books today would probably only be read in a in schools and yeah, schools yeah. and universities, yeah. isn't that yeah. so? Yeah, there, yeah, like there wouldn't be too many people going into the local bookshop and saying. Can I have a John Steinbeck? Yeah, Wouldn't that be right? They, they, yeah, they, you would. You would be right. But um, and the, the the books are classics. And as we always say on this program, classics are stories and movies and books that endure. Um, so maybe there should be more of an interest. And in what do you anyway, know anyway, about anyway, this anyway, book? Yeah, do you so know, what, do so you know what, about it? So what we're leading up to is the fact that um, it was announced this week that a film version of his book in uh, In Dubious Battle um, is to be made, and it's about a farm labor and an act a farm 
labour and activist uh, who tries to organise a major strike uh, by apple pickers in uh, California. That is, as you know, if you've read the books, that is real sort of traditional uh, John Steinbeck territory. Yeah. And uh, there's a ma- massive cast in it. Look at the cast. Brian Cranston. Uh, from Breaking Bad, Ed Harris, who is a superb actor, Robert Duval, Vincent D'Onofrio, Selena Gomez, a young actress called Selena Gomez, uh, John Savage, and Danny McBride. I have to say I don't like Danny McBride at all. And In Dubious Battle, it began shooting in Atlanta this week, in Atlanta, Georgia. No, I haven't read that book either. What's what's it about? Is it? It's not a. Well, it's not a war book. No, as I've, as I've just said, it's about a farm laborer and and uh, who's a farm laborer and an activist, and he tries to organise this major strike by apple pickers. In no, there was there was a guy who did this with the lettuce pickers. Yeah. In reality, years later. Whose name escapes me now, but was people it, was it to Charles Manson? But movie? people didn't buy lettuce in Europe for well, for years no, afterwards. Saying, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, but one of the interesting things about a story like that, I don't know, don't know how it's going to be treated in this movie. But one of the interesting, it would be interesting to see a movie that looked at the um, the point and and place of uh, trade unions in modern society because there hasn't been much about that lately, George. But those guys weren't wouldn't have been a trade union. They'd be a kind of an yeah. unofficial trade yeah. union. That was the whole point about yeah. um and to this day it exists in terms of Hispanics coming across the border and working cheap in the big southern states like California and Texas mm. and New Mexico. Mm. Yeah. All right. Um Brad Jarif, do you want to talk a bit about him? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I know the movies he made, but I, I can't remember any performances that impacted on me as yeah, such. Yeah, well, he's you know? been, he's been okay. The, the reason why I put him on that list is he's sixty five today, and he's been around uh, an awful long time in the cinema and the theatre and um, uh, on TV. He had a, a an a all through. Um, uh, Deadwood. He had uh, an on-running, uh, an ongoing uh, part as this this sympathetic doctor who looked after the prostitutes in the town. He was in that, but he's he's done all kinds. He, he first came to prominence, I suppose, as this character called uh, Billy Bibbit, and in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and uh, it was his first credited role in a movie, and. Um, he won uh, a Best Supporting Actor nomination uh, for that, but he was never nominated again, even though he appeared in all those movies, Heaven's Gate, Dune, Blue Velvet, uh, Mississippi Burning. He was a he was a real sort of cad in Mississippi Burning, beating up his wife. And, oh, uh, yeah, I remember, remember that remember, character. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that character. Wise, yeah. Blo- Wise Blood, a John Huston film, which is generally considered to be his best. Then there's Ragtime. Remember Ragtime? Yeah. Which was probably... James Cagney? Yeah, probably the last film. I think it was the last film that Cagney made. Yeah. Uh, then Alien Resurrection. And then two um, uh, Lord of the Rings movies. I don't think he was in, in the first one, but anyway, the, the okay. uh, second and third one, The Return of the King and The Two Towers. Towers, And he was also the voice of the killer doll in the Chucky, Chucky movies. Oh, yeah. so, um, now, just uh, Arthur in Kildare says, I should learn a little about film distribution. Still, Alice is not a major movie. It's yeah, a small yeah. independent film with tiny budget. Well, well we just we did say that. Yeah, and uh, well, he said, you're, white, you're absolutely correct, he says. Uh, unlike big studio pictures, there are rarely... Endless prints for wide distribution. I all right, okay. I I may culpa, may maxima culpa. I still can't. I still can't understand, George, why Cork is being left out. If they're looking after Limerick and they're looking after Waterford, why is Cork being left out? Yeah, the activist listener says it was Caesar Chavez, the lettuce guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Is Babbitt? 
Babadook worth the watch? Oh, it edition? is. No, I don't know how you're getting it unless you're going to get it on uh, on DVD. Um, it was out uh, before Christmas. It's an Australian-made uh, ghost story, I suppose, the best way of call- calling it. And it's very, very clever, I have to say. John Malkovich made a version of Mice and Men in Colour. He did, he did, he did. Liam Neeson is somebody saw in The Peacock in Mice and Men 1980 yeah. with Tom Hickey playing George. Yeah. There's one for you. Yeah, yeah. George is the, the clever, uh, more, the, more, the more together, I suppose, of the two characters. And uh, Liam Neeson's part was the tall... Um, the tall guy generally lost depending on George to look after him and any time you hear uh, Neeson talking about his early career he always refers to that All right. Uh, of course we were talking earlier on about product placement the DeLorean sure in uh, Back to the Future was DeLorean could you buy them in those days when they meant no well, I, they only manufactured a small number of them, didn't yeah, they, in, in, in the first place? Northern Ireland, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they were yeah, going to, yeah. anyway. I'm John sure. DeLorean was up there. John with, DeLorean, yeah. 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 Um, and then he got caught in the sting. He did. I wonder what happened to him afterwards. We might find... I, I know he went back to the States, but where in the States or what he was doing yeah, in the States... But I, I think know. he's no longer with us. He's strumming his harp on... Uh, he was married to a, He was married to an actress, too. 